Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc, episode 44. I said episode 42 twice now, so this is episode 44, I believe, if I'm counting correctly. Uh, and week nine of the NFL is just about over. Last game's going on right now, but oh boy, have the standings shook up, because right now we are all 82 and 53. Uh, all had pretty good weeks. JM's 11 and 2, I'm 10 and 3, Dan is 9 and 4. Uh, so overall good weeks, but now we're all tied and it's an even playing field. And so how are you guys feeling? Uh, I feel great. Um, although I was thinking on my car ride home today, man, every week in the NFL is so bittersweet because either the Steelers win or they disappoint me, or I have a good record in this thing, or I don't, or I win (laughs) or I don't like it's never everything goes right it's always okay maybe a couple things go right and a couple things go wrong and so i feel like i have to balance those things out each week but this week was a good week that's fair it sounds like you need to be a part of less things uh probably my wife wife would appreciate that oh okay (laughs) dan how are you feeling feeling good another week of football in the books uh another week closer um to the playoffs i mean i think the holiday season thanksgiving games being right around the corner we have a black friday game this year so lots of football um to be played trying not to be sad that it's halfway over but you know these are these are the weeks that we live for um so you know it is it's it's all good yeah yeah it is half you know it's crazy to think season's just about halfway through you know barring postseason but regular season stuff uh yeah feeling good good week uh a lot of interesting games i feel like to go over and then just so the listener knows we're probably not going to cover every game because we're starting to get to the point where some games just don't matter and so we're just not going to cover those games we might say the score and then just go on from that basically uh but with that this is going to be a fun episode let's get into it All right, we're here talking week nine NFL, and we are going to go kind of game by game, but really just to the games that matter. And so we're going to start with that Thursday night game because it does matter to some of us. Uh, Tennessee against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins. Pittsburgh fans, how do you feel? Uh, I feel great. And what do you mean it matters to some of us? It matters in the whole implication of things. Some of these AFC games... uh, with the exception of maybe like the New England Patriots, they all matter uh, because the standings are that close. Even a team like the Las Vegas Raiders are four and five, and they can make a run at a at a maybe a wild card. And so all of these games matter, really. You know, if Tennessee wins that game, then both teams are five hundred. Um, thankfully, they didn't. The Steelers pulled it out with another fourth quarter comeback. Um, listen. Uh, I am I'm prodding myself on uh, being realistic here on this podcast. I'd like to think that I'm uh, more realistic than some here. And so what I'm going to say is saying. that Will Levis looked better than Kenny Pickett. Um, he did. Will Levis, really impressed. But you also have to take the other side of that and say, okay, well, teams don't really have a whole lot of film on him. They don't really have a whole lot of film of what Tennessee's able to do with him. They're definitely more explosive than they are with Tannehill. Uh, But I'm not ready to say like, oh, yeah, Levis is the answer. Um, I think that there's a chance that he could be. uh, But 
I think that I have to wait like three, four, five, six more weeks to find out, you know, is he going to continue to do C.J. Stroud-like things? Like, C.J. Stroud, I think we have a definitive answer on after this week. Like, he's the guy in Houston. I don't think I'm not, like, ready to anoint Levis as the guy in Tennessee uh, at this moment. Uh, however, Pickett, Pickett scares me. Um, in the same way, like, I'm not ready to say, like, he's not the guy, but it's leaning more and more towards that. He missed some really, really open throws, uh, throws that he should have made this week. Yeah. Um, and you could say, like, oh, well, you know, he's four days post-rib injury, which, yes, could have affected it. Uh, he also has Matt Canada as his offensive coordinator, which could have affected it, but some of those throws, like, he just can't miss. Um, he's, not, he's not really reading defenses super well, um, but having Deontay Johnson back uh, is definitely a benefit for the offense, and, and we've been able to see that. So that's my realistic take. Steelers play Green Bay next week. That's a game that they should win, uh, but it'll be close, and uh, we'll probably be down at some point in the fourth quarter. That's, that's pretty much how it goes. Oh boy. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I am, and maybe this is my Pittsburgh bias, but I'd like to think that it was because of a rib injury. Um, because some of those throws, man, like he doesn't miss that bad. Like he hasn't in the last, I mean, maybe early on last year when he first kind of took over the reins. Um, but a couple of those were really, really bad. And obviously he follows it up with a dime uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, that ended up setting up a touchdown. Um, I think the people that I've been most impressed with on the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers, honestly, is Broderick Jones. Uh, they moved him to right tackle. Um, he started there. They benched Chooks, which I am not a Chooks fan, um, and that means absolutely nothing to anyone who's not a Steelers fan. But um, the offensive line has looked a lot better. I think the run game was had a, an identity. Um, Najee looked halfway decent for the first time, I think, all year, which I think takes a little bit more pressure off of Kenny. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I think Joey Porter Jr., while, I mean, if you look at his starting reps, um, it, he is kind of blossoming into a, a potential lockdown corner in his rookie year. Um, obviously, his open field tackling is an issue, but I think he's given up, like, uh you know, when, when he's in one-on-one -on -one coverage, um, he's been thrown at, like, I think something like 30 times, and he's given up, you know, like 12 catches for 100-something yards and a touchdown. Um, and one of those was the Travis Etienne touchdown, which was like 60 yards, um, which was a terrible play on his end. But, I mean, he's held his own against Calvin Ridley. He held his own against D-Hop. D-Hop only had one catch out of five targets when Joey Porter was on him for, like, 12 yards. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm really encouraged. We haven't had like a lockdown corner in a very long time. Um, and I wish Minka were healthy. I would be a little bit more confident going into the rest of the year, but I mean, we're five and three, we have, you know, a really good chance of at least hanging in there. It depends on if the offense continues to improve. I don't know if it will. George Pickens being a basket case kind of scares me the more I think about it. Um, but hey, you know, we're five and three. We're not going to apologize to anyone. We got to take care of business on Sunday. And hopefully we're wearing our Bumblebee jerseys. The Steelers said that they're going to they have some news coming out tomorrow. I don't know what that could be besides a cool jersey that we wear or them like retiring someone's number or I don't know. It, regardless, here we are. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think Will Levis looks really good. Obviously, second half didn't look as great, but um, could potentially be the guy in Tennessee. 
Yeah. Yeah. I my question is what what is Tennessee been doing? Like why if Will Levis did this just do you guys think this just came out of nowhere? Like it, it, was he not showing this in practice or were they just saying we're going to stick with Tannehill? Do you guys think Probably cuz I I just don't know how okay. Because I just don't know how he could be playing like this in practice and the team being like, yeah, we're going to stick with Tannehill, though, and we, think, we like our chances better. I don't know. I think Levis, uh, Go the on. concerns with Levis is not his physical ability. It is kind of what's between the ears, um, i.e., uh, if you, you watch some of the plays that he made, he was like, he was like way too excited, like way too excited. So I think like... I don't know. He just needs to. I don't know. You see, like these really good NFL quarterbacks, they don't lose their cool. They're they're poised, and and I don't know. I just think that he he has some maturing to do, uh, maybe emotionally, to be a really good NFL quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. I was just curious because he's looked really good in these two games, and maybe it is just the tape, or maybe it's something more. Uh, Dan, I am interested to see. I mean, look. If I'm being honest, Calvin Ridley, who had to take a year off from the league, and D-Hop, who is not who he was, I wouldn't say are the best receivers to base it off of, but I am interested for when you guys play Cincinnati to see how he does against like a, a T. Higgins and a Jamar Chase. I think that'll kind of be a measuring stick of where is Joey Porter. They're, they're still wide receiver his, ones, like, no matter who they are. Um, I mean, they're not, yeah, but they're not like, they're not tier i wouldn't even know i wouldn't even know if they're tier one or tier two receivers right now like they're they're number ones before yeah yeah and what has he done besides that this year like he had one i mean again he's he's an older player who has he had thrown him okay but again he's had he's had he's an older player right and he had a great game but is he is he that d hop that can do that I don't like this hate. He's a rookie. He's barely gotten it's any. Not you know, it's it not hate. It's not hate. It's absolutely hate. No, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. It, like, I'm not I'm not even asking. I'm just saying, like, I would pump the brakes a little and just see, okay, well, how does he do against premier wide receivers? Because T. Higgins on either of these teams is is the number one over Calvin Ridley and D-Hop. How do most of these corners do against these wide receiver ones? I mean, freaking Jamar Chase has, like, you know, ten yeah, but, that, it's, but it's ridiculous. But to we're call not, him, obviously, we're not going to shut but down. But to call him a face. lockdown corner, no. But to call him a lockdown corner, no. Dan is saying against he has Calvin the Ridley and Dehop is not. He has the potential. Yeah, and that's Nick, not, and I'm just Nick, saying. Nick, yes, Nick, and all I'm Nick, saying is he's Nick. You're not. No, you're you're literally hating. I I said one thing about one player that I'm excited about, and you have to say, oh, pump the brakes. Well, no, duh, pump the brakes. He's a rookie, but he's had 190 coverage yeah. snaps, and he's only been throwing the ball 21 times. If there's one knock you can have on him, it's his open field tackling. But he's literally only allowed six catches, six catches in coverage. That's out of 190 snaps and 21 targets, six catches. Well, I don't care who he's going up against. He's going up against the best receiver on the other side of the ball so yeah we can wait and see but goodness gracious he's a rookie for goodness sakes let me have this you're hate you, you can hate something else but you, you don't don't hate oh, joey man. porter jr <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not hating i don't think join us and hate on matt but, canada okay. Okay? i i do i have hated on matt canada with you guys i'm just i 
I'm just saying, like, you're going to... To throw out names, I don't agree with throwing out the names Calvin Ridley and D-Hop and then saying lockdown corner in the same. Now, that's that about 100... I didn't know 190 pass attempts or dropbacks and only 20 have been thrown his way in six... Now, that's impressive, okay? But the named receivers that you threw out is not not cream of the crop kind of, like... I, I guess I'm thinking... arguably well, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yes. So... And he's... But he's not in his prime anymore. That's what I'm trying he, to get but at. But he caught and three it, balls the week before for touchdowns. Yes, he caught three touchdowns Who else is Will Levis going to throw the ball to? Who right, else? But this is what... Dan, Dan, I just need you to calm down a little. All I'm trying to say is that it, the way you were talking about it made me think of Sauce Gardner for, like, the New York Jets. And I don't think he's in the same realm in the sense of what he has done now again he's going to have the opportunity to show that and so that's why i'm saying i'm i'm intrigued to see how he does against a jamar chase and the t higgins and see what cincinnati does when he's on the ball do they even go to his side or do they just go the opposite way every time because then yes you do have a lockdown corner on your hand that's just where i'm i'm looking is all i'm just saying those names I'm, I don't agree with is all. That's all I was I trying to say. I just don't understand how you go from me saying he's a potential, we have a potential lockdown corner to I'm comparing him to Sauce Gardner, which is... Because when you think about rookie corners being lockdown number ones, the only one that comes to mind... Potential to be a, number, a lockdown yes. corner. And, and what I'm saying is the one that comes to mind is Sauce, because that's what happened last year. Sauce Gardner was a Damn. rookie Damn. and was a lockdown corner. And so I'm just Remember, that's just my comparison. Nick- that's all. Remember, Nick is a math major, not an English major. He doesn't he doesn't pick up on the linguistics of things. That's true. That's true. If yes. if you ask any of my students, my language is not great all the time. I as far as my word word. All right, let's move on. Let's move know. on. Let's let's talk move about on. your dolphin. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. So the next game, because we're not. Yeah, the next game was the the Germany game. Uh, Miami Kansas City. Miami uh, loses twenty one fourteen. Close game. Uh, do you guys want me to talk first about them and what I see? Sure. Because I'm genuinely excited about this team. Okay. So let's let's look at the facts here, right? The Kansas City offense scored fourteen points in the first half only. Uh, the Miami defense has been the biggest question mark. Uh, throughout this season and this was the first game where you could look at and say oh maybe they do have a defense uh the game was in germany on a field that questionable both teams had to play on it both offenses struggled i think if this game is actually in arrowhead or in miami the offenses play probably a little bit better um but pretty much a wash the biggest plays of the game were a tyree kill fumble that led to a touchdown on a pretty crazy lateral play at the end of the first half uh, and then a play where Cedric Wilson and Tua have a miscommunication. Cedric Wilson runs a, a pretty much a flyer out, uh, but there's pressure and Tua throws a, essentially a back shoulder fade, but it looks like a, a duck of a throw because of the route that Cedric Wilson chose to run. Um, and then the snap, which, you know, you can blame Tua, you can blame the snap. A lefty quarterback having to reach all the way to his right and catch the ball. Uh, should he have caught it? Probably but he's hoping for a better snap so he can get the ball out pretty quick. If you look at the coverage on that play, it's an all-out blitz, probably a touchdown um, over the middle of the field. It was wide open, just unfortunate snap error. But look, if I'm looking at it, again, the goal for this team is to win a Super Bowl, right? And what you want to see is improvement in these games. 
week by week, right? And so if you go to, if you want to look at and play this narrative of winning teams, you know, don't count any of the other games that they play because apparently those don't matter. If you look at the Bills game, we got annihilated, right? Did not play well. Uh, defense was awful. Couldn't couldn't stop a nosebleed. All right, then you go to Philly. Philly's a better game, right? Not still not great. A lot of lot of issues. A lot of penalties that really cost us the game, um, on us. And then you go to this game, and each time you look at them, it's like okay, they got killed in one week. They had a chance to come back and win the second week, and then the third week they came out and was were flat for a half, and then were on it for the second half, and just it was too big, big of a hole to come back from. And so if I'm looking at those three things, I'm like, I feel good. And so moving forward, again, you know, this narrative of can they beat a team with a winning record, unfortunately, they don't control who they play. They're not going to play a team with a winning record unless the Jets somehow have a winning record in a couple weeks. Uh, they're not going to play a team with a winning record until they play uh, possibly Tennessee or they play Dallas. And all those games aren't until the end of the season. Uh, and so look for this team, it's do your business, do what the bills can't do, which is beat the teams that are in front of you, uh, and show that you're a dominant team. And that's what they've done. They've been dominant in their games. Uh, they, the only game where I'd say they were truly not dominant was the bills game. The other games they've been, they've been good enough to win and just had a few plays not go their way. So that's how I feel about Miami. Uh, that's nice. Um, I can take an unbiased approach. Um, sure. Yeah, Miami. Miami is a good team, but the concerns are are still there. Like, um, I don't think that Miami is as special as we thought they were. Maybe after week three, right? Um, they have a great opening start to the year, and then we kind of get a look at what these teams are um, that they've played. The wins that they've had against these teams, right? Um, arguably, oh, man, I'm just looking at, I mean, the Giants are arguably the worst team in football. The Panthers are arguably the worst team in football. And the Patriots are the worst team in the AFC. Um, and they've played the Patriots twice. So that's four games. Um, and even in those games, I mean, none of those games, uh, you know, Denver was a blowout. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just concerned Honestly, I think, you know, Miami's a shoo-in to make the playoffs barring like a catastrophic injury. My concern with Miami is that they're going to play some really physical teams at the end of the year, and then they're going to go into the playoffs where they're not going to have a, a bye, and they might have to go on the road, at least in the second week, and they're going to have to beat like four teams in a row to win a Super Bowl, you know? Like four teams with a winning record, four teams with legit pass rushes, four teams with uh, really, really good opposing quarterbacks. And so what I'm seeing from Miami so far is that they, they haven't been able to do that. Um, could that change? Yes, that could change. And I think that that is what you're banking on, Nick. Uh, but what I, I see what I see from Tua is not that guy that can take you to that place. Um, but... Maybe he proves me wrong. I mean, he he had a great college career, and uh, he was able to, to do that a little bit, but he hasn't been that guy in the pros. Um, you know, he's honestly, like, the end of some of these games, he's had opportunities to, to tie or take the lead, and, and they haven't. Um, and you're right. Like, your defense only held Kansas City to 14 points, but 
um, you only scored 14 points. And one of those touchdowns came on a uh, boneheaded possession from Chris Jones where he made a play that was going to be a third and 10 and you're going to have to settle for a field goal. And he got a personal foul that kept the drive alive. Um, and then you guys scored like the next play or two plays after. And so, um, you know, very easily you guys could have only scored one touchdown that game. Um, and that's, that's kind of the story against these, these teams that are a little bit more physical than Miami is, you know, against Buffalo, you only scored 20 points against Philadelphia, 17 and against Kansas city, 14. And so you're averaging 17 points per game. And so this prolific offense that you are kind of banking on to this point, um, is just not that prolific when you're playing teams that are more physical than you. So those are my concerns. Um, and so. I, I think that they're going to be a playoff team, and I think that they could win one game. I'd be surprised if they won two and got to the AFC Championship game. But, um, like I said, they, they have a whole second half of the year to prove me wrong and to get on a roll, and anything can happen. So that's my, that's my take. Here's, here's a question before Dan talks about the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Is Do you think... And I know you talk about health and they're never going to be as healthy. But when you have four out of five or three out of five in the Philly game, and I'm sure I think at least three out of five, if not, I think one got hurt in the middle of the game. So four out of five starting offensive linemen out. Like, do you not think that them coming back affects the way the offense plays? Plus your best running back, plus your second best corner. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I feel like make, the way this team's performing with the injuries currently, like it's not... I mean, that's a, I I mean, that's a silly question. Yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously the answer is, yeah, it's going to be different, but you're also acting like these other teams don't have injuries as well. Like, I mean, yeah, everybody. Well, who of note was out for Kansas City? From week one on, everybody is going to have, like, people banged up and not playing 100%. It's just, it is just what it is. Sure. Honestly, like, your team is built in a way where you don't have guys that, are super durable. You just don't like, like a chain was hurt in uh, preseason and he's hurt. Now Waddle is seemingly hurt every single week. Like to expect your guys to be a hundred percent healthy is, is a fallacy. Like it's just not going to happen. So. Okay. Dan. Yeah. Well, first off, hi guys. Nice to be here. Um, I think Nick, you're, you're unfairly thinking that like I am somewhat against the dolphins when I've never, I've never like even hearing John Michael talk about Tua, like, I don't even think I agree with Tua not being able to lead you guys anywhere. Um, Like I think Tua, like your offense does have the ability to go far. I think my concern, if I were a dolphins fan, like, yes, you're right. You don't control who you, who you play, who you beat. But if I was a, like, if there was any time to beat the Chiefs, it was this week. I think the Chiefs' offense, if we're talking about year to date, like they're not that special. They're not nearly as special as the Dolphins. I mean, you can look at maybe, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you take over um, Tua, but everyone else on the offensive side of the ball, minus the line, I don't really know that you could argue that the Chiefs are that much better than the Dolphins. I think really what it comes down to is. The Chiefs win these games. They've won a Super Bowl. Like, I don't have any issue with them even struggling in the regular season, but then making it to the postseason and being like, okay, they've been here before. 
they've shown that they can do it, you know, yeah, they could potentially win a Super Bowl. I just don't necessarily see that from the Dolphins being that this is just like, this is uncommon ground. This isn't somewhere that they've been before. And that's not to say that, oh, it's Tua's fault or, oh, it's, you know, Mike McDaniel's fault. Like, it's, it's just they haven't been there. They haven't had years of success, years of deep playoff runs. Um, and year to date, like, since week three of last year, yeah, they haven't beaten a winning team. Now, is that like the end-all, be-all? No. But I just think it's it's concerning considering, like John Mike said, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be playing the best of the best, and you got to win four games. Now, can the Dolphins do that? Sure, absolutely. But I would be more confident if they were able to – you know, get one of these games. And I think, like, yeah, the games that they've won, we can look at the rosters. Like, it's a football team. Like, they play in the NFL. They have had some really good wins. Now, we say that the last three weeks are important for the Dolphins. I really think these next four weeks are interesting because, I mean, I don't know in any – if any football team were to win all four of these games, like, yeah, the Raiders are kind of a dumpster fire. The Jets aren't a terrible football team. The Commanders are – kind of sneaky in the Titans you know who knows what Will Levis looks like with four more weeks of or three more weeks of tape on him um I mean I don't know like it's just I, I feel like there's a lot of question marks um and yeah like you know a chain's hurt and people are hurt but that's football like we gotta you know win the games regardless that's that's all I was saying I'm not trying to sit here and say and say that I think that the Steelers are a better team than the Dolphins which I don't think they are but the Steelers do have a culture Ever since Mike Tomlin's come under the, you know, to be the coach, we haven't had a losing season. And say what you will about our roster or about anything else, but, like, that's our identity. And I think the people in that locker room are confident that they can do it even with this roster. And I think it just comes down to there needing to be a culture shift in Miami where it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to go win these games and we're not going to leave any room for doubt. Um, Yeah. And I think on the other side of it, not to just talk all about the Dolphins, I, I think the Chiefs' defense is kind of scary. Um, and Patrick Mahomes saying this is the best defense he's had. Man, if they can figure out the offense a little bit more, like, watch out, because that's a, that's a scary team. So, I mean, to only lose by seven, like, I think, you know, they didn't get blown out. It was a close game. So there's something to hang your hat on as a Dolphins fan for sure. But, I mean, I would just still not be completely confident in a deep playoff run. But that's that's my take. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like to go back to the Dolphins schedule, you know, the next four, I don't know, I'm not third and the next five, even I'm not thoroughly impressed by any of these teams. If we lose it, I, I might be more concerned. It's really the last three games of the season. We play Dallas, uh, Baltimore, Buffalo. And again, it might be interesting because we'll talk about Buffalo in a second. Because uh, again, we're not going over every game. But you know, Buffalo, that last game of the season might not besides Buffalo needing seeding. I don't know if this division race is going to be that tight, uh, and we'll talk more about that uh, soon. But you know, I, I I don't know. So the you know, Miami. Those last three games are the games I'm kind of circling at. Like, all right, these are measuring stick games. Uh, but that last game against Buffalo might have a little asterisk next to it if it doesn't actually like mean something and Tua and Tyreek don't actually play the whole game or anything like that. So we'll see. Um, but let's let's move on from the Dolphins, okay? Let's go to another one of these games. Uh, what was it? I the next one I wanted to talk about, uh, and you guys can tell me if there's something else that you wanted to. But it was it was Baltimore and Seattle. Do you guys agree with that or not want to talk about yeah, this one? Because yeah. if you don't, it's okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think uh, Baltimore completely 
blows out Seattle, 37-3. What are your takes on that? I mean, this is kind of the second week in a row that they've done that, right? Where they have absolutely obliterated uh, NFC division leaders, i.e. Detroit Lions and Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, I think Baltimore is a, a legitimate team. They have to, you know, they look better than they have in the past seasons. Uh, however, in the past seasons, they've, they've gotten hurt down the stretch. And so, really, it's going to be key for them to stay healthy. The other nerve-wracking thing for the Ravens is that they've got three teams that are breathing up their necks in the AFC North, uh, like only one game back in the loss column. And so um, they have to keep playing, and they, they have to play well, uh, which I think, honestly, is making every team in that division better uh, because they know that one loss, especially to a conference opponent, is going to be really damaging uh, You know, in the last couple weeks of the year. So... Yeah, I think Baltimore is a, a legitimate team. You know, Lamar only had like 160 yards passing, uh, and they scored 37 points. And so uh, when that's the recipe, it's uh, it's very scary for opposing teams. Yeah. Yeah, Dan? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it is scary that they ran for like almost 300 yards, um, and they didn't have to lean on Lamar. And I guess, I mean, John Michael can maybe attest, but that's probably the only scary thing as a Ravens fan is because ultimately for them to go deep or win, uh, they're going to have to rely on Lamar to some extent and his arm. And, I mean, whether that's proven or not, if you run for 300 yards, I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, and I think it just goes to show how much better the AFC is than the NFC. It sucks. I thought the Seahawks would at least show out a little bit more, and they kind of just rolled over and died. So that, <laughs> that's that's about all I have. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like maybe it kind of pumps the brakes a little on Seattle and kind of sets a little... Like, Seattle and Detroit, we were kind of like, maybe they're one of the best teams in the NFC, and now it's like, well, maybe there's a gap, and it's I know, never San Francisco and Philly, and then... I never said that about Seattle. You didn't think that... Heck no. You I didn't told think Seattle week. had a chance? Okay. No, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not okay. a Seattle believer. Uh-uh. All right. I... You know, I think Seattle could be sneaky good, but maybe they're not as sneaky good as I thought. And so maybe there is this separation. There's also the Lamar effect of he's he was 16 and one, now 17 and one uh, in these games against NFC opponents, and so they've just never experienced Lamar, uh, and it's like their first taste of him. And so you know he's kind of shocking to watch in real life. I feel like um, so that that game was just interesting. Uh, I feel like there was like one game in each slot to talk about. And again, correct me if you're wrong, but moving on, I kind of want to talk about Philly and Dallas. Oh, wait, wait, Philly wait, wins 28-23. Was, was there a different wait. game? Sorry. What game? Houston. We got to talk a little bit about Houston before we move out of the... Okay, we can talk uh, Houston. That's fine. Can we just I, talk? I don't, have, I don't have a ton to say, but go ahead. Here, yeah. I have a question. I have a question for you guys. All right. Yes. This, hits on, this hits on two games at once. More impressive performance, C.J. Stroud or Josh Dobbs? Go. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. He okay. literally had not taken a snap with the team. Like, I do you want me to explain or do you want to just say? Like, no, I mean, no, I, I thought Josh Dobbs. Uh, look, I thought both performances were epic, honestly. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from cj stroud but like josh dobbs coming in 
just being traded on Tuesday or whatever day it was, Monday, and coming in having taken no snaps. Like they they show there's video of him practicing taking a snap mid like before he's coming in uh, with the center and the head coach having to like just explain plays basically to him and to go out and not get blown out and to go and win a game against Atlanta, who again not the greatest team in the world, but neither is Tampa. They're both in the NFC South, and that's just its own little division. Uh, that somebody, unfortunately, will make the playoffs from. But, like, I, I just think what Josh Dobbs did was was so impressive to to have that and to, you know, for what he did in Arizona with basically the same scenario where he was traded just before the start of the season and starts and wins games. And guy's a baller. I, you know, uh, I don't know if he could be, like, a starting quarterback every week, but he almost reminds me of, like, the new Ryan's Fitzpatrick where, like, we're going to hear his name a lot on a lot of different teams. Yeah. That's I'll, a good I'll, yeah, I'll play the other That's side. I mean, Josh Josh Dobbs is a freak of nature. Like, he's got an aerospace engineering degree. So, like, I'm really not that surprised that he was able to learn on the spot. I'll say C.J. Stroud's performance was more impressive. I mean, the dude almost threw for 500 yards. He threw for five touchdowns. And in a shootout, when they, you know, I had already chalked up that Tampa Bay uh, win <laughs> in my win column. Um, and, you know, he goes down the field and wins the game. Um and I think, and John Michael knows, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks suck in the NFL. So this is like, true. I mean, he's arrived. Um, so, you know, I mean, Carolina's got to be kicking themselves right now because um, he has looked um, very impressive. So, I mean, I think in, I mean, I, I don't know if we could even argue that him, like his performance is more sustainable than Josh Dobbs. I love Josh Dobbs, but, and it was very impressive that he was able to just kind of come in and do that. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, both to be fair, like, and yeah, both are so impressive either way. So, no, no hate to either side. <clears throat> JM, did you, which did you lean towards? Um, I don't know. I think I think I lean towards Stroud just because of what he did in the last drive. Um, you know, Dobbs Sorry. Dobbs was excellent, but he made some mistakes. You know, fumble here, safety there. Uh, C.J. Stroud was pretty much perfect, and they didn't even have a kicker. Like they had to score a touchdown, basically. <laughs> what happened? What ball. happened to their kicker? He got a quad injury, so he was like out, out. Oh, okay. And then you're watching like this backup running back like kick a. I was like, they have nobody that can kick like a 20 yard field goal. Like, <laughs> like not even the. Punter. What about the punter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I said. Not even the punter. It was crazy. But anyway, Stroud like had to score a touchdown like every drive because their defense couldn't stop anybody, which is another problem that they need to address in the draft. And I think they, they could put something really special together. But that last drive, there was like 40 seconds left, dude. And he, he like hits guys in stride. Like, like they don't even have to, I mean, his passes are so accurate. It's ridiculous. Um, like guys don't have to, it's, it's ridiculous that some of the balls he was throwing. So yeah, I, I think Stroud and... And I've been an Ohio State quarterback hater, so um, I'm, I'm very impressed yeah. with him. All right. Okay. Now can we are we good to move out of the 1 o'clock slate and move to the 4 p.m. where yeah, no, I think no. there's only one game we're going to talk about? Okay. Uh, Philly and Dallas. Philly wins 28-23. Uh, Dan, you start us because JM started the Steelers and I started the Dolphins. Start us on this one. What, how are you feeling? Sure, yeah, no. So I said I, I believe I picked – did I, I think we might have all we picked all the Eagles. We all picked the Eagles. Yeah, yeah we all picked the Eagles. Um, I, 
and what I said at the end of the episode was I didn't think that the Cowboys needed to win this game, but they had to keep it within one score, which they did. I don't think this was at all Dak Prescott's fault. I mean, obviously you can just like look at the last play and, you know, could he have thrown it in the end zone? I don't know. Like, I mean, they played well. It was definitely a, um, a back and forth game, a really good game. I think it was a well-rounded game from Dallas, which, um, you know, should be encouraging. I, I'll say it again, though. I mean, I can't say one thing for one team and not for the Cowboys. Like, they still haven't really performed against a team with a winning record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's cause for concern maybe. But, I mean, keeping it within one score on the road is promising, I guess. Obviously, after the start of the year they had and the defense playing like they were, um, the, the emphasis was on Dak and the offense, and that has gotten better. Uh, obviously, they couldn't win. Um, but it was close, and you know Philly just kind of shows that they're that team in the NFC. I think even more so than than the Niners, which I don't even think is an argument anymore. Um, so, um, but a really good game. Yeah, yeah. So like you know that that beating the winning teams thing. I feel like for Dallas, it's different than it is for Miami in the sense of Dallas. It's like the past four years we've said that about them. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like it's just this year they've been good and it's like, oh, they can't beat the, the winning teams they've played. It's like every year the conversation is they win the games they're supposed to and then they play these teams where it's high up in the air and they keep it close and they just can't find a way to win it. And like you said, it's hard to blame. How can you blame Dak? He threw for 374, three touchdowns. You know, CeeDee Lamb balled out and had 191 yards. You know, I think the biggest thing they're missing is is that running back. And, and, you know, Tony Pollard is not Zeke. And, you know, maybe they're missing Zeke or maybe they just needed – they need someone new in general. Like, Tony Pollard's a good number two. And I think JM uh, touched on this to start the year. Like, he had the question of, can Tony Pollard really be that guy? And we have not really seen that. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just think, like, you know, Philly did what, it, what they're going to do. Uh, they – they had a good running game, you know, threw the ball decently well, kept it close, made it, made it a physical game, uh, and found a way to win. And then I think, and now I think they go on by and then they play Kansas city next, uh, in two weeks, I think it is. Um, so that'll be a really fun game. Uh, and for Dallas, the questions just continue. Like, can they, can they win this game? You know, can they break the curse of the past couple years of having to beat a good team? Now I think they typically split with Philly. I would say maybe I'm wrong on that. Like, this game was in Philly, so the game in Dallas, I think they normally win. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. JM? Yeah, I feel uh, I feel sim- similarly. I think Dallas typically plays Philadelphia pretty well. Um, but I do think, like, Philadelphia is the better team, better roster. Um, I think that there is a lot of similarities between Dallas and Miami. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I am really impressed with the Eagles and they go into a gauntlet of a schedule here uh yeah they have a bye and then Kansas City Buffalo San Francisco Dallas um and then they kind of finish up with four games that they should uh, probably win but those four games you know even if they go two and two you know they're finishing the year with 13 14 wins and and probably the one seed uh, again in the NFC 
Now, this is going to be a nice segue to our next game that we'll talk about. But, yeah. Um, I think Philadelphia and Cincinnati are the two scariest teams in the NFL right now. Um, because Philadelphia has, has done what they needed to do through the first nine weeks of the year. I mean, they're 8-1. and one. Um, they've, they've, they've beaten the teams they need to beat. They had the one let up against the Jets uh, where they just had too many turnovers and too many mistakes kind of killed themselves. Um, but, you know, going into this, these next four games, uh, I think that they'll probably win three or four of them, um, and, and that would be excellent for them. Now, Cincinnati is super scary because uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were thinking, you know, they're one in three. And for them, you know, we're talking about them not even making the playoffs. And they have like a gauntlet of a schedule. Uh, you know, they beat Arizona and then they had Seattle, San Francisco and Buffalo. And we said, man, well, hopefully they can win two of those to get back to four and four. But we don't know. And they have yeah. looked the part. I mean... Um, they've beaten all of those teams. They've all been pretty good games, um, but it seems like they're back. Joe Burrow's healthy, and uh, I think Cincinnati is kind of, honestly, I think that they're the best team in the AFC right now. Um, so I would, like, if you put them against anybody else in the AFC in a head-to-head matchup, I'd probably take Cincinnati tomorrow. You know what I mean? And that could sure. change by the end of the year. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. I think I think it's going to make being that... So, like, here's the thing. I don't know if they can catch... And I know they're only a game back, but it's like, surely one of these weeks, things aren't going to go their way, and they're going to lose, right? And so, I just wonder if maybe they dug themselves too big... And it's weird to say, because, again, it's only one week, or one game behind did, though, Baltimore. You, you don't you think see, that, like... No, go no. On, sorry. I mean, do I think that they're going to get the one seed? Uh, it's going to be hard. But I don't think, like, they play Baltimore again head-to-head. They play Cincinnati head-to-head. Um, or, sorry, they play Kansas City head-to-head. So they play Kansas City, um, and I think they, yeah, and they still play Jacksonville head-to-head. So they got Jacksonville, oh, okay. Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh twice. So that's a tough schedule, but like, yeah. so, if they win, if they win, you know, all of those games but one, they're they're probably going to get the one seed. Yeah. So what I was, yeah, it, definitely, if they win all those games but one, I was more thinking in the sense of like, if you look at it, you know, d- did they dig themselves too big of a hole to catch Baltimore? And then if that's the case, like, they're probably the scariest five seed. Like, if you're in the AFC and Cincinnati's the five seed. Like, you do not want to be number four, no matter what, I feel like. Like, you are fighting for three and two, you know, and obviously you want the higher seeding in general, but, like, they'd probably be one of the scarier five seeds that you'd see in, that, like, makes the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you know what's so fun about this is that the, all, the rest, the rest of the year, these AFC North games are going to be just epic. Like, it's going to be hard to pick those games because they're so even, uh, but they're going to be great. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like Baltimore, like we're talking about them as, you know, possibly, you know, winning the division. Listen, I'm telling you, they play Cleveland, Cincinnati, Chargers. Uh, none of those games are guarantees. And then they play in the, the back half, they play Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, and Pittsburgh. So it's like, like literally anything could happen. Like if Lamar went down with an ankle injury, yeah. you know, they're – they're struggling to finish 500. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, it's scary. It's it's uh, these these last couple of weeks are going to be so fun, so fun. 
And uh, so many, that's, yeah. the AFC is so close right now. Anything could happen. For sure. Well, on the flip side of that, so, you know, we started talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati did beat Buffalo 24-18. Uh, and not to rush us, but getting towards the end of the episode, talking about Buffalo, you know, I, I just want to know, you know, I, I have questions. I wonder if Buffalo is even going to, and this is weird to say, and I'm probably wrong. I think they will make the playoffs. But, like, I want you to hear the the rest of their season, basically. So, barring this next week, they play Denver on Monday night, which Denver did beat, you know, did beat Kansas City, but the game's in Buffalo. And then they have the Jets, who they've lost to once this year. They get the Eagles, the Chiefs. Both those games are away. They play the Cowboys. They play at the Chargers. They play the Patriots, who, again, they've lost to this year. And then they finish the season in Miami. And so, like, I don't know how confident you can be as a Bills fan in this team after the way they've looked the past four weeks. Like, can they can they turn it around? You know, some of those games you look at and you're like, they should win those games. But we've said that, you know, this entire season. And besides the first, like the beginning of the season, the three weeks where they beat the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Dolphins, they have not looked like the normal Bills, I feel like, that we've seen. Uh, and so it's just going to be very interesting. You talk about a really tight-packed AFC right now. You know, if the playoffs started today, they would miss the playoffs. And so, it I don't know. I'm worried about Buffalo. Um, and it's not what I thought was going to be from them this year. What do you guys think, really quick? Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's definitely cause for concern. I think the Bills being hurt on the back end, the defense has really hurt them. I don't think one guy is the fix here but I think losing your your main guy Matt Milano um, hurts for sure um, and I think you're right Nick like they've got a stretch of games coming down where it's not necessarily well some of them are juggernauts right you talked about Philly and Kansas City and Dallas um, and then Miami at and the end you... if that game matters um, yeah so it's we'll see I mean like we said about the Bengals early in the year like you know they've done this before and they've gotten right and made deep runs. I don't yeah. necessarily know if that's true with Buffalo. I feel like they've, if anything, they've more so kind of had a middle stretch that was disappointing after starting really strong and then kind of finished strong. This has just kind of been all around a bummer from my perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean, it sinks. They, they're really one-dimensional. It seems like it's just Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis has kind of not been super involved. Um, so yeah, for sure. I think concerning, especially in a loaded AFC, like they got to really show up these last, um, you know, several weeks to, to make it in. I, I think they do. Um, I don't, as much as I love AFC North ball, I don't think all four teams are going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year, especially as they all start to play each other down the stretch. Um, you know, the cream rises to the top and I feel like the, the bills might be that last team that rise, um, but if anything, I'm way more impressed. I mean, John Michael talked about it with the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are the real deal. They're scary if Joe Burrow's healthy. Um, they're deep. Um, they're not fun to play on the road. Um, so, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely concerning if you're a Bills fan. Yeah. And one more thing before, JM, you talk about the Bills. Like, one more thing to note about all the AFC North teams. Part of that is because the tiebreaker, one of the first tiebreakers is like, within the AFC, what's your record? And all of the Bills' losses this year have been to AFC teams. And so, like, that tiebreaker is going to be very important 
along with making sure, because they already have two division losses, not finding a third or fourth if they were to lose to New York and Miami or, or you know, New England and Miami, something like that. So it, it, it's just all around concerning, I feel like. How, how do you feel, JM? Yeah, yeah, I feel similarly. I'm, I'm, I'm more. I, I honestly think that the Bills could miss the playoffs, um, and I don't think that that's totally out of the question given their their rest of season schedule. Uh, like the way that the NFL, NFL schedule works is uh, like it's designed for parity, meaning like the Bills schedule because they finished first uh, in their division last year, like they have to play a more difficult schedule, uh, meaning like out of conference games, i.e., like why. They get like the Philadelphias and the and the good out of conference uh, out of out of conference games that are that are difficult. Um, yeah, I'm I'm worried about the Bills. I think they could miss the playoffs. Now, before we go, I just want to puff up on the AFC North, and I know that this hurts Nick, but uh, I do want <laughs> to say that that Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, all of those three teams only have one loss to an opponent that's not in the AFC North. So let that sink in. We are over halfway through the NFL year, and three teams only have one loss to a non-AFC North team. That is a good freaking division. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all right. I, you know... I I still think if Aaron Rodgers was with the Jets, oh, like the, gosh, the three top of the East would be better than the four of combined of the the North. But that's it's a what the if. The clips so. that you had the, on Aaron yes, Rodgers being irrelevant and old, and now saying that if he was in the division, that the Jets would somehow be a much well. Better football it's team. not about it's not listen. It's not about Aaron Rodgers, but do like. I, I never said Aaron Rodgers isn't better than Zach Wilson. Like this team is five and three or five and hey, four. I just want to say, are. I just want to say, three. hey, the Buffalo Bills have a worse record than every single team in the AFC North. So you can say that you and you and the Buffalo Bills and the Aaron Rodgerless uh, uh, Jets are you know competing against the AFC North. Yes, but currently. Even if we take, currently. even if we, you know, even if we take those teams out of it, they, they uh, currently they still would be. <laughs> They would be fifth in the AFC North standings right now. Yes, currently, you're right. You're right. Yes. Good job. Okay, great episode. <laughs> I think we should end on that. Great episode. <laughs> yes, I think we should too. Uh, all right, say bye, guys. So long. Bye, friends. Bye.